So six picks, busy day, really good day, and um, open it up to questions. I guess the one thing you look at this, you guys didn't, did not take an offensive lineman. So what does that tell us? There wasn't one there that would fit. We would love to take an O lineman, but it just draft didn't work out that way. Yeah, I think even in the first round, uh, in, in a year that was very limited, especially at the tackle position, uh, a lot of them went early. There was a huge run early. That affected, it, it starts at the top, and then it's it, a uh, trickle down or up, or whatever you call it, effect, and, and that happened. And so they're just, um, they, we weren't going to take one just to take one. You know. And, you said on Monday that you were open to trading Mike last year which suggests that you were fine with whatever you had last year as a starter, uh, you know, probably Colton McKivitz. So yeah. is this a vote of confidence for Colton McKivitz as well? Uh, very much so. I, you know, we believe in Colton. Uh, you, you know, I'll, I'll let Kyle talk a little bit about Colton as a player, but, uh, you know, Colton, the, the gold helmet is a hard standard up there. We, we give it to very few people. Colton was one of those when he came out of West Virginia. You know, I think when he got here, um, we didn't we didn't necessarily see that all the time because he was shy. He kind of took him a little while, but I, I think over time, as his confidence grew, you started to see all those traits and qualities, um, the spirit, as we call it, really start to show. And then Colton's sneaky talented as well, and um, we like him a lot as a player. Kyle, you go ahead and talk about him. Uh, yeah, I mean, just getting an alignment ready to start in this league is really tough, um, especially how different playing in the league is in college and. Um, the lack of, you know, preparation we get with how OTAs are this year, how much shorter training camp is. But um, you can win with Colton. He's been here for a while. We, when he has played, we have won games with him. Um, did a hell of a job last year helping us, or two years ago, getting into the playoffs when he had to start unexpectedly versus the Rams in 17, I think. Um, but, I mean, I look at Colton very similar to how Jake was last year. I mean, we felt very good about Jake, but you never know until they get out there a ton. Um, and you look in the draft to add depth, and you always want to, if there's someone there that falls in that you think can beat out your starter, um, that's really, that's, that's a good pick. But it's not easy to find a guy at pick 99 or later who can beat out Colton McKivitz, just like um, you don't just find anyone for Jake Brendel last year. Um, so when you have guys who've played and you practice with a lot and you have an idea about them, um, I, I get how not everyone else knows about them as much because they haven't seen them, but I mean, we were going to that draft hoping to find depth and hoping to find some competition. But to go into that draft and to think you're going to find someone to start over someone like Colton or as good as Colton can be and has been um, is, would be very unusual. Yeah, the thing I'd add, uh, Matt, uh, uh, you know, big shout out to R.J. Gillen and his staff. You go get a guy like Matt Pryor who started games and played at a high level last year wasn't as good. Whatever happened in Indy, I think their O-line struggled as a whole. They moved him over to the left side. He didn't play as well. But we think Matt Pryor is a guy who's shown that he can play. So that gives you, you know, at least whoever we draft better be able to beat him out. And, and we didn't see that happening. And that's the that's the hardest thing, too. When you, in order not just to play, you talk about Colton because you know about Matt Pryor, who we brought in free agency, who we liked two years ago, too. And then you got Jalen Moore, who's been our swing tackle for a couple of years, who's played in games. Um, so it's not only finding someone who can have a chance to compete with a starter, which we feel we brought in some vets to do that. But if they can't compete with a starter, they have to beat out those vets to make the team. And when you look at a draft and you look at O'Lyman and you're sitting there and your first pick's at 99 all the way down, we're not just talking about who can come start at a position. We're talking about who do we think can make the team. And you compare that 
to every single position. Um, we believe the kicker for sure could. That's probably why it was that, the pick there. Uh, you see the safety, but you know we'd love to get depth at every position, and we can at every position. But we also got a good team that does have some depth. And our first goal is that we hope that these draft picks can make our team, which um, is a, easy to do. Drafted was Beal, the fence fence. So what do you see out of him, and how does he fit in? Yeah, Beal's a, a, a really, really gifted athlete. Um, you know, I, I want to. We we you rely a lot on relationships in this thing, um, and uh, Kirby Smart's been good to us. He's got a lot of players. Um, you know, Kirby was a safety, and we kind of bonded over that. But uh, you know. I, Kirby said someone's going to get, get a really gifted and talented player if they just let this guy hunt QBs and set edges. And, and when he said that, that's exactly what we do. Uh, you, you know, he's not really good at going back and all that stuff. He could do it. Um, but what Kirby said there really resonated. Our eyes saw the same thing. Um, ran a 447 as in, so he adds speed. Um, he's, you know, he's in the 6'3", you know, range, but he's got 34 and 5'H", so he's got that length you look for. GTFO. <laughs> That's right. Uh, our analytics, see if anyone can guess. We, we have a, you know, I tell our analytics guys all the time, Plonsky and his crew, go, go watch the coaches. Get in there, and let's come up with measurables that are what we coach. And GTFO is something Chris Kosarek is always screaming. You guys know what it is? Yeah. Okay. So, he had the highest GTFO grade in the in the draft. So we're really fired up about that. <laughs> it's hard to get an offensive lineman um, from college transitioned and ready to start in the NFL. Why is it harder for an offensive lineman than a defensive lineman? Sometimes those guys hit the ground running. Because just like receivers, just like running backs, a D lineman, you're rotating. You can put guys who just have a certain skill set, put them in in that situation and that situation only. An O lineman, show me someone who rotates. You're out there 70 plays. That's also why the guy with the best highlight tape is not the guy that you go get. If it's the highlight tape and the whole game, yes. But an O-lineman is different. you got to be built to last. You don't have to be flashy. Um, you got to make sure that you can survive that game and not be the reason that we lost. And if you can have a guy who can dominate, someone like Trent Williams and stuff, um, it's still only so much you can do there. Um, where the DNs, you know, these pass rushers, they might not be able to play their run, they might not be able to do something, but you can put them in in a two-minute situation and have them win a game for you. Um, so that's why you, you you can win with D linemen by a group of them. O line, how good do those five play together? And one goes down, and the next one comes in. How's that adjust, adjust your five and how they play together? Can I ask a, a, a GTFO, uh, <laughs> Paul? I mean, how do you how do you assess that? Is it the first guy who's off the line of scrimmage? Do you Look at the 10-yard split. I mean, That's what we look at as coaches, but analytics, I have no clue how they do that stuff. They know, like... It's within the first two yards is what we're measuring. And, uh, you know, they've, they've come up with a way to measure that, and uh, Beal's right at the top of it. So it's something, you know, we're always talking about getting length and explosion out of that stance, and Beal's a guy who kind of embodies that. Um, you know, the other unique thing that you get from Beal, and I think it really helps on game day, you know, we, we dress a lot of D linemen. He's a guy who can help you a lot in special teams as well because he can really run and uh, he's really good in space. So kind of a unique ability. When you get a D lineman who can do that, uh, it's an added bonus. Uh, McCaffrey's contract, is that just to have... Just gives us some room. We were, we were pressed right up there when, when we were to sign our rookies. We, we could have done it, but we would have been right there and we wanted to have some flexibility and... Uh, made sense. Christian's going to be here. 
um, simple conversion. And we did it, and we, we're thankful to Christian for agreeing to do it. Good thing for him, good thing for us. Forward signings don't count against the comp formula, right, after the draft? Yeah, that's correct. So does that give you, you know, some, some thoughts on free agents that you might not have considered before? We're working on undrafted free agency right now. We got a lot of numbers on our roster. You know, I had a healthy draft. Uh, our numbers were pretty good. We'll see where it's at after this. Um, you know, this is always kind of nerve-wracking because we're down here and they're up there filling out that class. But we've got it pretty slotted. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We're, we're never going to uh, stop looking for players that can help. And um, it's just a lot of the slots are filled. And, and uh, where they aren't, we'll go add to it if we need to. What is exciting to you about Ronnie Bell? Um, that he went to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> um, just how consistent of a football player he is. Um, you know, he's... I believe he was a captain. Yes. Um, you know, a coach's son, not that doesn't mean much, but he plays like what you want that to be like. He was just so consistent. Um, special teams player, a good returner, did really everything they asked. Um, very good in his routes. Um, there was not one thing that he struggled with. Um, when you can put him into a group and just whatever his skill set is, I think he could fit in any position. And he seemed like one of the more reliable guys, wideouts that we watched in the and all of college football. And, you know, we want guys to be good over time. And I feel like he's a guy who's been as good of a football player as there is in college. And we got to see he, how he adjusts to this level. Um, but if he can play at this level the way that he did in college, we're going to have a really good football player. Yeah, I think he, not the biggest package, but he real tough, physical, gritty player with the ball in his hands. Made a lot of big plays uh, in big moments. Uh, the returnability is a big thing. We had Ray Ray, and behind Ray Ray, we, we didn't really have – you know, BA's done it before, but uh, we wanted another returner. But really, he made it just just on those traits. He's he's a guy that um, the more we watched, the more we liked, and um, did it at the right times too. So Ronnie was a great addition. What is it about Braden Willis that made you want to take a second tight end? Really, that we had him ranked really high. Um, you know, everybody always says this, but. You know, we had him kind of into fifth round grade. And so when he was still around, it made a lot of sense. He's got a lot of versatility to his game. Um, he's a guy who kind of embodies what we like in terms of after the ball's in his hands, he can do some special things, um, play some tight end, play some fullback, um, a, a, a nice tool that to, to, to move around, um, you know, made, made a lot of big plays for Oklahoma, former quarterback, um, real smart, cerebral kid. You can put a lot on him. So when he was still there, it just made sense for us. I kind of refer to Brown potentially being a succession plan for Gibson, like like Ufango was for for Tart. You've had other guys like that. Banks did that. Drake Jackson, I guess, would be doing it this year. When you get guys at this point where you're bringing guys in that are kind of maybe doing that, aren't going to necessarily start right away. How can that year help them? You know, maybe set them up for that future kind of succession. Um, I, mean, I think it's really good when you have someone like Gip there to watch, you know, someone who's done it for a while, who's done it, um, who succeeded in this league when when his skill set was at the top of his game and when as he's gotten over, older, you've seen nothing change. So, like, Gip, the pro he is and everything, when you can sit and watch that, it really helps you learn how to play. Um, but, you know, when you, you look at, like, Banks and stuff, um, O line is a little tougher because you're not gonna. There's not many other places to do it. So you really sit there and you you want them in case there's an injury, but you're kind of just hoping they can develop and learn the game and practice and stuff. So for the next year, when you take a guy like a safety, 
um, who you believe does have that capability, hopefully pushes the whole group this year. Um, so everyone's got to be on it and take it to another level because we do want to be better than we were last year. So we're never going to say, like, we just brought in a guy to make him the next um, guy once people leave. I'm also not trying to threaten people either. Um, but we didn't bring in Banks to take Lakin's job, but he could have if he was ready to. And I look at that at every single position. If they're better, we're going to play the best guy. I think that's really hard to do when you have someone like Lakin that year, like someone like Gip. Um, but when you have a safety, it's there's still so much more value. You can have three safeties on the field at once. Um, safeties are always up. You need a guy to play special teams. Uh, you usually have four safeties up a game. Um, two are playing. Those other two are your special teams demons. But just in one injury, they got to know how to play safety too. And when you look at a guy like George Odom, I think he's one of the best special teams players in the league um, who also can help us at safety. And now we're bringing in another guy who I think and we all think can be a starting safety in this league um, as soon as that makes sense for the Niners. Um, but in the meantime, we think he can be a difference maker in all the other parts too. Guys, kind of later in rounds like you, you were this weekend, are you kind of under the under, understanding that, you know, yeah, they may not start like you were saying, they're just going to try to make the team. But do you look for different things in those guys that might be developable over that, for lack of a better word, over that course of a year to maybe eventually become that? Yeah, you do. And they, I mean, it goes either way. When you get to later round picks, sometimes you got you want the guy with the most traits and stuff, just a guy to develop. But that I've been in this league a long time, and it's hard to develop guys with the way it's structured. I mean, it's there's only so many practice squad spots. Um, there's only so many people on a roster, and there's only so many people up on game day. And that's what's tough when you take some real talented guys early because um, those guys aren't ready to play. And sometimes I've been in places where, regardless, you have to play them right away because of their draft status. And then they come out, and they look really bad, and they're not. You, you want to stash them away a little bit so they can practice and develop. Um, unfortunately, in this league, just we're not, we don't have 100 guys on the team like you might in college. Um, there are certain rules to that and stuff. So you got to weigh all that in. They're like, man, I would love to work with this guy. He's got it in him, but he looks so far away. Um, how are we going to be able to stash him? Can you keep him on practice squad? No, he's got to be your third tight end. All right, well, we use our third tight end. And so that's going to be a, it's going to be a big problem in week two if someone's hurt. And so you look into all that stuff, and um, that's why there isn't any absolute answer. Sometimes we will go for the most upside and guy develop, and sometimes you want just the best football player you can count on. And um, but the higher you go, you hope it fits all. Been watching Fred Warner for a couple of years. He was because he's a former safety, and he was looking for someone that kind of went that route. And then Warner had told us he came here as a positionless player. It's probably not fair to compare him to a Pro Bowl guy, but do you see some of those traits in him? Well, I think his linebacker coach did. Johnny Holland uh, was a huge D Winners fan, uh, you know, and and we trust Johnny's eye a lot. Um, our scouts like D Winners a lot, and uh, you know, we had a we had a really nice discussion. Uh, we ended up with Jalen Graham. The reason we we uh, drafted Jalen Graham when we already had a linebacker was because we were kind of torn. All right, Jalen. D winners, Jalen Graham, ultimately D winners won out. And so when he's still there at the end, you, you go get Jalen Graham. We liked them both. Um, D kind of fits who we are, um, a, a player that drew some comparisons. Uh, comparisons are dangerous because you got to go do it. But similar traits to Dre Greenlaw, you know, uh, similar suddenness to his game. Uh, you know, I had the advantage. TCU was a heavily scouted school by me, selfishly, because uh, my daughter Lily uh, goes to school there. So I uh, got to be there on three different occasions this year, and I heard plenty of anyone who, who I would talk to would talk about D. Winters as, as being – 
just a real leader on that team, another captain, uh, but the unequivocal leader for that defense and the voice of that defense and very much of that team. So that carried weight as well. Ultimately, um, we, we felt like D was just a guy we needed to, to uh, bring in, and we're really excited to take him. What's the thinking with the plan at number four quarterback, which could be number three quarterback for a big chunk of the, uh, the offseason? Is that one of the positions they're working on? upstairs right now? Yeah, they're looking to fill out everything with the free agents. We'd love to get a fourth guy here. Um, we'll see which one it is, but um, and it's, you know, it's, we'll be all right, though, in the offseason. You know, when we get to training camp, we hopefully we'll get Brock back soon, but uh, regardless, we'd love a fourth guy here. You never know how much we end up doing in the OTA sessions, but it's been good having two guys out there just throwing. They've been on their own. We'll start with everybody tomorrow where we actually can go out on the field with them as coaches, but hopefully when it's said and done, we'll have a fourth guy. Yeah. Practicing, you've been out there throwing, doing everything. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and guys, do you have an agreement with a undrafted quarterback? That, <laughs> not, not when we came down. Here. Not when we left. That's what these guys do the next couple hours. Yeah. So. All, right. All right. All right, guys. Thank you.